North American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Rossi over Zoom video. Rossi was born and raised in San Francisco, an actual San Francisco proper. She talked about that. She talked about knowing she wanted to be a singer at age six. At age five, she saw her cousin do a jewel cover, and she was super inspired by that. So she learned the same exact jewel song and performed it at her talent show at six. She talks about always writing songs, taking a bunch of music classes in high school, ended up going to USC in Los Angeles for music. And in that first year, she met a ton of people. She was able to tour as a backing singer for a bunch of massive artists like Don Henley. And during this time, she was also writing music at USC. One of the songs that she wrote ended up landing in front of Adam Levine of Maroon 5. He hears the song, loves it, sends her an email saying, I'm going to start a record label and I want you to be the very first person I sign. So she gets signed to Adam Levine's label. He puts her on tour with Maroon 5. She talks about singing Christina Aguilera's parts on tour for Moves Like Jagger. She tells us about putting out her first couple EPs uh, with Adam Levine, her first full-length record, Bad Together, and doing some massive tours on that album. And she talks a lot about her brand new record, which is coming out. She says she started writing it kind of right after Bad Together came out. She was done with that phase, that snapshot in her life, and she started writing this new record, which she's super proud of. The song that she's got out right now for the record is called Him for Tomorrow. There's an amazing music video that accompanies it, so definitely check that out. And you can watch the interview with Rosie and myself on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be rad if you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on uh, Facebook at Bringing It Backwards and follow us on Instagram and Twitter as well at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Rozzy. So this podcast is all about you and your journey in music and uh, how you got to where you are now. And we'll talk about uh, the new record that you have coming out. Yeah, amazing. Very, very cool. Awesome. So did read that you were born, uh, were you born in San Francisco or just raised in like the Bay Area? Born in San Francisco, raised in San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco, San Francisco itself, the city. Yes, proper. The city proper. Oh, very, yeah. very cool. I'm just curious because I lived up in the Bay Area for about five years. But where did you live? Here. I lived in like Walnut Creek, uh, East oh, Bay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, now it's weird because I, I mean, I always think of San Francisco as my home, but I, I haven't lived there in a long time. So it's it feels like a long time since it's been <laughs> that. But yeah. Where are you at now? Los Angeles. Okay, very cool. Um, yeah, I was born and raised in Southern California, San Diego. Um, we was, in San, was in San Francisco for a bit, came back down, and now I'm actually in Nashville. So. Oh, I love Nashville. I've spent, I spent a lot of time in Nashville writing. I mean, it's been some of my favorite writing experiences, obviously. I guess everyone says that. It's, that's the city <laughs> songwriting, but I've had the greatest sure. time. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I, my family and I just, like, literally moved here a month and a half ago. So How uh, is it? We love it so far. It's it's so it's such a different pace here. I don't know if, totally. if you felt like that, but like, you know, Southern California, I feel like is like everyone's like in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. I, the main thing I remember about Nashville is like I didn't have a car when I was there for a few weeks. So I was Ubering and the, everyone talks to you. That's the thing right? that like every Uber driver Talk, and I usually listen to music and I don't talk. And I realize like really quickly, like that's not okay. Like you have to, 
page. You know, like, you know, like <laughs> conversation. Yeah, but everybody's so nice. And it's so weird. Like if you need to make a turn or something, instead of just like so not nice. letting you go, they're like, oh yeah, come ahead. Oh, you know? nice. I, I know. Like no one's it's also a- fun. I've gone out a lot in Nashville and it's so fun. I love, That's- love it. That's the one thing like we haven't really had a chance to experience oh, right. yeah, of the world yeah. kind of being shut down. But I will say here it is definitely a lot more lax on the right. the mask COVID. and yes. uh, COVID situation. I mean, my right. I, would I, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a five year old, four year old turning five on Friday and he plays T-ball and Aww. I'm somehow the coach of his team basically <laughs> there wasn't enough people um but like you go to the game and there's just like no one in masks and just wow business as usual <laughs> it's pretty bizarre All right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah so you're born in san francisco raised in san francisco what was that yeah. like i mean being raised in a city how'd you feel about that um amazing i mean i've always really it's funny actually my boyfriend makes fun of me because he's like san francisco's not a city you're not from a city he's from new york so he's like i'm from a real city but i always felt like i was from a city (laughs) i mean i I know what he means now that i live in los angeles and you know i'm san francisco is very small it's actually nothing like nashville but it's like nashville in that way it feels Mm -hmm. more like there's a coziness to it Um, definitely definitely yeah and the thing about San Francisco that, I mean, when I was growing, I think it's pretty different now, but when I was growing up, it was like, everybody's parents were like aged hippies. So <laughs> sure. the vibe was like very creative and like uh-huh. weird. Everyone's like, kind of like, I, once I left, I was like, oh, we're all weird in the Bay area. Like there's kind of like a different, um, creative spirit or something that I really loved. I don't really know if it's like that anymore. It's kind of like a tech town now. So Right. Yeah. Like as I was moving, like they were like trying to turn the tenderloin into like, I think like Twitter was going in there or something yeah, like so it's pretty bizarre. Like I remember seeing that they're like, OK, we're going to make free Wi-Fi in like this area. And I'm like, you're going to get free Wi-Fi to like the tenderloin. I don't understand that. Like have a housing first. And then we'll <laughs> right, right. Let's clean up the area. Let's get the needles off the street and then worry about Wi-Fi. But uh, yeah, it was just yeah. interesting to me because. But then Twitter went in there. So then it all kind of clicked yeah, at that point. Exactly. That's like pretty much exactly how I would describe San Francisco now. Um, <laughs> and I still love it, but it's just more of like a complicated place. But but yeah, growing up there was, uh, the one thing I will say is I knew what I wanted to be when, since I was six years old. And so I was just like, and I have nobody in my family is an artist professionally or really oh, okay. even, yeah nobody worked in any kind of entertainment field so it was very foreign to them and so I was very excited to leave for that reason I mean I, I love my family and I didn't I wasn't excited to leave my family but sure of course I was like <laughs> get me to LA so I can go do what I just always wanted to do um okay. so that was well, one six, six years old you knew that that this yes. wanted to be your path uh, what got you into music um, well, my mom, my family loves music. So despite the fact that no one's like professionally involved, like music was always on in my house. And uh-huh. my mom took me to like a music class when I was very young and I was in love with it. And then my second cousin, who was like cool and pretty and older than me, sang a jewel song at like some family reunion. And I was like, oh. I'm going to copy her and do the exact same thing. So I literally copied her and did the exact the jewel same song. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one? I'm just curious. Uh, it's called Fly. It's, or I always get, I, I learned it when I was five. So it's like, for some reason, it's embedded in my mind as either Fly or I'm sensitive. But I could sing you the whole song. I won't right now, but that's what. <laughs> but we have the time. I'm no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but that's yeah, awesome. 
It's a deep cut jewel song and Very now she calls cool. me on Instagram. So it's really come full circle for me. <laughs> that is amazing. She's so cool. She like, uh, my, I did radio forever. Um, and my program director in San Diego, he kind of was discovered her, so to speak, when she was wow. living in her van and playing yeah. like little coffee shops in, in uh, La Jolla area in, in San Diego. Amazing. Yeah. She's got a crazy story. I actually, yeah. she was one of the only COVID live stream shows I bought tickets to. Really? I love her. And I never, I saw her live when I was like a kid and I haven't seen her since. Um, and now that we're Instagram friends, I was like, I have to see you again. And so COVID sure. was the best I could do. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's rad. And she's so yeah. cool about like talking in between songs. She's totally. like a very storyteller. Yeah. Yes. She tells a lot of really amazing stories. That's yeah. awesome. So yeah. you learn, so five years old, you're learning Jules, six, you're singing it. And then that was it. Just, yeah, I, I sang at the school talent show and I, it's wow. a very vivid memory. I just like sat down on the bleachers and I was like, oh, okay, that's what I'm going to do forever. <laughs> very, I mean, I was sold. Yeah. Sure. And then did you pick up an instrument quickly after that or? No, I mean, I always attempted to play piano and guitar and I really just, it never clicked. I was just really bad. And then, I mean, I was like, okay, at piano always, but COVID is really when I had to get, now I, I feel like a piano player because I kind of was forced to be because I had to do so much by myself that I just had to play piano, which I could play, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't very confident at it. And now that's been a silver lining for me. Now I'm like, oh, I play piano. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little, a little, yeah, exactly. That, that That's, yeah. that's nice. The one thing that can come out of that is yeah. the time that you can spend on like exactly. mastering more of a craft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you, you start singing at six and then I did see you attended um, like a, a musical program, right? In Moran County. Oh, I guess. I mean, my high school just was like, again, it was like already Bay area. So we had like our music program was like, instead of choir, it was like soul band. So I got, oh. to, so it was just very cool. I just was very lucky with that. And so I got to, you know, sing, like Tower Power and Earth, Wind and Fire and stuff instead of like, you know, Latin choral songs. That was sure. the difference. Which was okay. Cool. They give yeah. you a little bit more of the pop. Um, yeah. Soul <laughs> fun stuff to sing. That's cool. And yeah. did you go to college for, for music as well? Yeah, I went to USC for the, in the music program. Um, I almost so you got, got to L.A. LA. So yeah, I got to L.A. Yeah. So okay. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't. This is my whole life we're going through. It's amazing. OK. Um, yeah, I didn't really want <laughs> to go to college because um, I wanted to just go be an artist. Um, but actually, it was what I really needed because I was just so green and I just knew nothing and I knew no one. And so this program at USC was just kind of amazing. It was like this popular music program where actually not only did I like learn a bunch of stuff that I really needed to learn, just like music. I needed to like learn more about music and how to play it and how to perform it in like a more professional way. Um, and just get the basic like hours basically to do it. But it also was like where I got all my first jobs as a background singer and where I got signed for the first time. It was all through the people that I was working with at school. Wow. Were you song writing songs prior to going to USC? Yeah, I was always writing. I mean, always writing songs. Um, but at USC, USC, I was like, basically on tour on campus like I would just say yes to every weird show sure imaginable. like any weird frat Christmas party whatever <laughs> I'd be like yes I'll be the band and so I just was like constantly singing constantly playing shows and then um in this yeah and then I 
a couple of my teachers got me background singing jobs. So I won my first tours and then. Wow. What was that like? I mean, you were still in school and they were able to, to get you these yeah. gigs. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. It was really fun. I, w- I went um, first with Sergio Mendes, the Portuguese or Brazilian, I should say. He sings in Portuguese and plays Portuguese music, but the Brazilian like jazz legend. And uh-huh. then um, and I had to like learn how to sing in Portuguese, which I don't speak. And then uh, Don Henley of the Eagles. So when I was wow. like freshman and a sophomore. Yeah. So much fun. And my first tours, I mean, you like, were um, playing stadiums, right? I mean, yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really fun. And I went my first, I think the first thing I did with Sergio was Japan. We went wow. weekend and I was like 19, I think, and I, 18, 19. And um, it was, I mean, it was just, I was so happy. Like I was just so excited. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't believe they were like letting me go with them, let alone paying me. To go right, what a big so. moment! Yeah, get on a plane, you get to go to Japan. Yeah. I don't had you ever been to Japan, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, you're it's going amazing. to Japan, you get to play probably yeah. stadium shows there. Yeah, and, crazy. yeah. wow, really wow. Mm-hmm. And then did you said you didn't, you uh, pretty much after that, you got signed the first year. Is that what you were you saying? I got signed, I, I was not, I forget if it was the end of my freshman or my sophomore year. I stayed okay. in school after I got signed, Adam Levine heard the song that I wrote and sent me this email being like, I'll start a label if you'll be the first artist on it. <laughs> well, okay, let's like- rewind a little bit. Do you mind? <laughs> yeah. Adam Levine sent me this email and he's like, I'm going to start regularly. Okay. So how, did- <laughs> so what <laughs> you're writing music at this time, but you're a background singer. So how did you get yeah. your music in front of people? Just performing all those gigs you were talking about? Yeah, I was always, I mean, I knew I wanted to be a solo artist and a songwriter. So I was, I, as I was the background singing thing was incredible but the way they were you know they're they weren't touring like they're a little older those artists so it was kind of ideal right. for me. i was still in school and still doing my own stuff and i would we would tour for like you know a few weeks at a time and then i would just go back to la mm-hmm. um so i wrote a song uh there's this guy in my songwriting class uh who was in that band phantom planet who had the oh OC- yeah yeah they had the oc the yeah, the oc theme song exactly yeah. um wasn't uh what actor was Jason Schwartzman? Yeah. Wasn't he the drummer or something like that he band for a hot minute? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this guy's named Jacques and he was one of the band members and he was like taking the song. I, I never really understood why he was in this class at USC. I think he was like just taking it for, he wasn't getting a degree, but whatever. He was there. And he asked <laughs> me to write this song with him to try and like pitch a song to Janelle Monet, which I'd never done. And he, we finished it with another guy from Phantom Planet who was managed by Maroon 5's manager so they all heard it that way. They heard oh, okay. it when I sang the demo. So they just sent it to Adam and he sent me that email. It was crazy. It was okay. Totally- what is, what, where are you when you receive this email and tell me about this moment? Cause that must've been massive for you. At my friend Matias's Cinco de Mayo party off campus. Okay. <laughs> and- you get like an alert on your phone or are you checking yeah, it? Yeah, like, it was okay. on my phone and I checked it and I, and I had my friend read it. I was like, does this say what I think it says? And, he, and he's like, yeah. I was like, okay, I gotta go. And then I went and we had, I spoke to Adam and it was crazy. It was very oh surreal. Very, very fairy tale like in a lot of ways. Sure. Yeah, and then does he help yeah. you put out that first EP that you released? Like, tell me, cause you released an EP called yeah, Space. I mean, so like what, what year are we like, you, he, he asked you to do this and then what, or do you guys meet up and like, how does that process start? Cause yeah, I mean, yeah, he's kind of been a huge advocate yeah, for you. Just, yeah. We kind of just start, um, 
like hanging out and he'll bring me to, you know, I like, I played some shows and he would come and we would just send songs back and forth, whatever, just kind of like a mentorship vibe. And then um, he took me on a bunch of tours. So I went, I used to do the Christina Aguilera part on Moves Like Jagger every night. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, That was when that song was huge. Right. Um, And and then I had me open for them. I was opening for them all the time, um, which was really fun. And yeah, he, uh, yeah. So then we put those first things out before. Yeah. That's where that came from. Wow. Okay. So you put out that first record and then went, tell me about the years. So during all that, <clears throat> excuse me. So you put out that those, you, you put out the EP space, right? Was, that was the first EP you put out? Yeah. Okay. And then after that, you, did you release another EP before your first full record? Yes. I released another EP. And then um, the truth is I, uh, you know, I, Adam opened so many doors for me and it was an amazing mm-hmm opportunity. And I, you know, I was, I, that's where I got my start, which was incredible. I didn't really yet know who I was. I didn't really yet have, um, and I needed more, I needed to kind of go like live a bunch of life and write a bunch of songs was really how it felt. So I did that. I went off and kind of just like, you know, I wanted to really kind of develop myself, frankly, I needed, Mm -hmm. I needed to do that. I wasn't I wanted to make the record that was in my head and that I was in my heart basically. And, um, I went and I did that and I wrote this album called bad together. That was my mm-hmm. first album and put it out with Columbia records. I'm very proud of it. And, um, then kind of here we are. I mean, my, my, now my second album is basically, basically finished. I've written a whole nother album and finished. Yeah. Yeah. Album. I want to get to that record for sure. But so you signed yeah. Columbia, was that like a, I mean, you jumped from his label there. Was there kind of like a relationship prior to that or was it something totally separate or like, how did that? It was something totally separate. Yeah. I I don't think Adam's label, I don't think it exists anymore. I mean, I think maybe Maroon 5 is signed to it, but I don't think anybody else is. It was, um, (laughs) yeah. Why would he, he doesn't really need a, a, another record label, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, we parted ways and then I spent, I spent a good, year and a half writing um, all the songs for my next record before I signed with Columbia, before okay. we got that one, yeah. And when, yeah. when you signed with Columbia, you put out Bad Together, do you tour uh, like as a headliner now? Like I'm sure you probably I actually have never done, I've never done a headlining tour. Really? Which, I probably would have done 2020 if it hadn't been for COVID, but sure. I spent a lot of 2019 touring, opening for people. Um, okay. I went with my friend Betty Who, which was really fun we're good friends and then i opened for oar which was crazy because that oh, was wow. very different yeah we have very different audiences it was unique i mean i love them they're one they're amazing and it was such a fun tour and i got to play red rocks which i never played which was really oh, cool. i've never been there i like really really want to go like my, my wife and i we we're trying to go when the 1975 did that last tour like i want to see a band like them or like yes. bonnie bear or something like bonnie bear epic. would be incredible there that would like, be a dream i've never seen a show there Honestly. just got to perform there. <laughs> I know, but I really want to go. I really want to go. It was kind of like the Gorge. Have you been to the Gorge in no, Washington? I have not. Oh my God. That, I mean, that show was crazy because it was like a storm and we had to like end the show right after. <laughs> it was like oh a new But it was a similar thing where it's just like stunning. Like the, yeah. it's magical. I mean, I feel that way about the Hollywood Bowl. The Hollywood Bowl is. Oh uh, yeah. I love that village. It's dope. Favorite, my favorite. But Red Rocks is just like kind of insane. And my 95 year old Nana came. She lives in Denver. That was amazing. Oh, how so- sweet. <laughs> That's really awesome. Well, she awesome. must have been really pumped. 
Yeah, she's great. She's, I mean, she's like, people like her more than me. My fans <laughs> meet her and don't care <laughs> anymore. Like, yeah, you're cool, but let me hang with your 95 year old grandma. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> okay. So you toured Bad Together, that came out in 2018. And are you writing the record between, or this new album you said is yeah. pretty much done? Yeah, um, I, I was writing it then. Uh, I guess, let's see, I probably wrote the first, the oldest song on it might be the one that's about to come out. I think I wrote that like right around the time Bad Together came out, actually. It was like, okay. which is weird because in a, it was it was like almost immediately clicked into like the a little bit of a different sound that like just the evolution of the sound that I'm with on this record. But it was it was almost like I, I, sometimes I think that happens. Like I finished Bad Together and it was like my I was waiting until subconsciously I was waiting to kind of like finish telling that story before mm-hmm. I could really begin telling another. I don't know if, um, if you're, I don't know if you're a songwriter or an artist, but I feel like a lot I'm, of my, I'm not, I'm just a radio interview guy. Okay. All right. well, I, think <laughs> I love music. I am just yeah. not a writer of music. Totally. Um, <laughs> at least for me, I think like, so, like I've had a harder time writing recently because I'm so close to being finished with this album. And it's, it's for me, it's like, it almost feels like I have to like, finish this it's like a baby or something it's like you have to set this one free before I can even begin to move on but I think what happened was the minute I let go of bad together it was like it opened the door to the whole new direction that I wanted to go and so the song that's about to come out is is I think the first one I wrote if I'm remembering correctly for the record but in a way it was like immediately the blueprint for the whole sound it's like just oh it, interesting yeah because yeah, it's like you kind of want to have like a cohesive piece of work right like so you said mm-hmm. bad together was kind of like one yeah like snapshot of time, so to speak. And now you have moved on to, to now where you're at. So the first you've released what, at least one song here for tomorrow. Yeah. It's on the new record. Okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm curious to see where you were when, like, when the world shut down and everything, like, did yeah. you have a whole plan for like, okay, we're going to release a record now and this, and then we're going to tour and then this and this and this. And it's like, yeah, fortunately for me, I think of all the situations I could have been in, it was kind of the best timing. I, I was, I mean, I was literally in London, so I had to leave London early. That was the one thing. I was in London finishing a bunch of the songs. My producer for most of the record is in London. His name's George Moore. It's amazing. Okay. And well, we were there. And like every day, the like the Twitter was getting scarier. And then that's finally, what I was going to ask you. So, yeah. so you're there. And then tell me about like, I, I've talked to artists that were like, yeah, I was stuck in like, you know, some part of Germany. We're like trying to yeah. find an overnight flight. Like, where were you when this was all the it, yeah, days it was, prior? I mean, it was like really anxiety inducing because like, first of all, the time change, I would like wake up to like 100 texts from people being like, are you still there? Are you going to come back? Are you nervous? Like, you know, everyone being like, maybe it's time. And I was just like, it's going to be fine. If I get stuck here for a couple of weeks, that'll be fun. Like, sure. <laughs> who cares? And then I was getting a drink with my friend, which was like the last time I ever did that. Um, and we were sitting there and she was like asking me if I was going to, we were both like, what's going to happen. And then I literally looked at my phone and it was like, California shutting down and everybody I know was like, you got to come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause they were like closing borders. I mean, they yeah. basically Trump came out and said, you know, no one's we're, we're shutting yeah. everything down. And then I, I'm sure that must've been like a high anxiety. It was, moment. I was like, okay, we have to change my flight right now. So we changed it. And I left the night. I literally left the 
bar, went home, packed. The next morning I went back to the studio at like 9 a.m. to sing one last thing. And then I went to the air. I brought my suitcase and then went straight to the airport and came home. And it was like really funny when I think about it on the plane. No one's wearing masks. No one. <laughs> Everyone's like wet wiping everything, you know, now we know it's like not the thing. It's like everything is about your like the masks. And I right. and I drank like all they gave me like a free extra carafe of wine on the plane. I was nervous. I was like it was so scary. You know, yeah. I did it was like the airport was empty. It was very spooky. Yeah. Um, and then I, yeah. And then the world shut down, but because I had just in time been to London, we were able to really like kind of just like set the foundation for the rest of the record. And now George and I have been able to finish stuff remotely. I've recorded some stuff over here and sent it to, you know, it's, it's been fine. We've been able uh-huh. to totally finish Work. it. That's amazing. Fortunately. So I feel very yeah. lucky actually that I got there just in time. Yeah. I want to comment real quick on the, the the plane ride because before my my family and I moved here to Nashville, we flew out here to check it out a little bit, you know, find yeah. a place. And so that this is when it was like, you know, masks and shields and the oh, whole thing. They yeah. cut they so they stopped serving drinks like all together, like soda. Oh, they, they did? Would, yeah, but they would walk by and ask you if you'd like some water, which was <laughs> in a cup that they had pre-poured. I'm like, wouldn't it be more sanitary to just hand me a, a closed like right. hand? There's a lot of <laughs> I know. And I had to take a flight and I would just kind of like lift my mask for a second, take a sip of water and put it back sure. on. But but who knows? I mean, it's all of it. Feel, like it's kind of like at a restaurant, like you can stand up next to the table and you have to wear a mask. But when you sit down, you can take it off. It's just always right. like. But whatever. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was funny that you brought up the that you yeah. actually got a wine because I when we were flying, they're like, here's water that has been opened and pre-poured, right. and we're gonna push it through the whole plane instead of just being like, here's a can. They even have canned water, but anyway, back right. to you. <laughs> so do you feel like the pandemic changed the course of the record at all? Or yeah. is it still kind of in the same um no, actually, I think that I think that I really settled on like what I wanted it to sound like um, before or I, I kind of it was I mean, yes, in that like I I continued finishing it throughout this whole time and I'm probably right. affected by everything in my life, but not really in a noticeable way. I mean, George is amazing and it's kind of a producer that I is the first one in in a lot of ways this feels like my very first record it's not clearly as we just yeah. discussed but it feels like it because it just kind of feels like I've um it's like the the all the pieces of like my life and development and all the ups and downs kind of like found a, an alignment and I hit a certain threshold of like confidence and understanding of myself to make the record that I always felt that I wanted to make. So I had kind of already gotten to that zone before the, before COVID hit and George was somebody that I sought out and I found, and I wanted to do it this way. And so um, musically, not really, I think maybe the timeline changed. I think maybe um, possibly like some of the creative and visual directions, you know, that we've gone with have, have been affected by that, but not really, honestly, I think it's okay. just, it's more like the time in my life is what sure. this record, what it is, not the time of the world. The tone yeah. had already been set prior yeah. to the thing happening. And, and I've had a like- really hard time writing songs partially because I, what I said, like, you know, it's hard for me to write when I am so close to finishing something else, but also uh-huh. like the groundhog dayness of COVID I've haven't found it very inspiring. I mean, I've written a couple of songs that I'm very excited about, but 
mostly it's not been a songwriting time for me. So I've heard that. I've heard a couple of other artists say like, you know, how much inspiration am I going to get off these same four walls that. Yeah. And I know it's possible because I watch my boyfriend write like a five songs a day. So I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, like, let me tap into you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it hasn't been, it hasn't, it just hasn't been that time. Yeah. yeah. So, well, you're, you're talking about visuals too. You released a music video for uh, him for tomorrow. Yeah. And how is that? Was that different? Where was it like? Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was unlike anything I've done because the whole thing was really trying to recreate this movie run Lola run. Uh-huh. Um, so it was just kind of a little bit of an outlier in that way. It's like a different, a little bit of a different visual direction, I guess, but con- like the, con- the concept, like conceptually, it just felt really right because the song is about, um, you know, kind of like forgiving yourself for your past and, and kind of drawing a line in the sand and, and starting fresh and going forward. I spent a lot of time thinking, what if I had done this? Or what if I had done this? You know, I, I hold myself responsible for most things in my life. And I think I wrote that from a very personal point of view, but I wanted to put it out right at the top of the year because it felt like, you know, you know, obviously nothing changed overnight, but it felt like there was a new beginning, a new administration and vaccines. It felt like there was some light at the end of the tunnel. And I wanted to kind of provide a little bit of soundtrack to that. And the movie Run Lola Run is, is this whole thing where she, it's like the butterfly effect. She, it's like the same exact series of events happens three times back to back in the movie, but subtle differences Mm -hmm. completely change the outcome. And that's so I kind of it, that's kind of something that I struggle with and like if I had just done this would it be different if we had just done this would everything be different but but really what I'm trying to say is you just got to keep moving like you just got to sure. keep moving forward and um and 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 look forward rather than look back basically and it's a message to myself but that's <laughs> that's what yeah. I was trying to to share with everybody I love that. I love that. And you had Alex Wolf, who's in a bunch of movies. And, and that's my boyfriend. Oh, it is. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know that. <laughs> as, a, as a favor to me. But yeah, wow. I didn't realize that he was a songwriter as well. Maybe it's just that flew. Oh, yeah, head. he's incredible. Yeah. He and his brother have a band and they I won't say anything about it, but their new album is the greatest thing ever. It's going to it's an absolutely incredible. That's um, so cool. Yeah, yeah, I just was like, oh, yeah, she had him and like he's in Jumanji and like, yeah, yeah. Like movies like that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, well, so you've got you said another single coming out that hasn't yeah. come out yet. Him for Tomorrow's out. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a timeline on the record or are you going to? Yes. OK. I never know if I'm supposed to say it, but I'm just going to say it. My next song comes out on May 6th and it's called I Can't Go to the Party. And um, it's the one I said that I wrote. I think it's the first one of this record, if I really think about it correctly. And it's it's kind of like a mad, sad, sexy, moody, fun breakup song, kind of. So it's so but it's it's um, sonically something I've always wanted to make. It's like a Lauryn Hill soul song. And that's that's what this record I hope is for people. So it it feels like if if him for tomorrow hadn't been so timely with the beginning of the year, Mm -hmm. this song would have been the most made the most sense is like, this is the record that's coming. You know, it's very, very much like the, like I said, the blueprint. So, and I made a music video last week um, that I'm so excited about my, 
my best friend's boyfriend is Jack Beggert and he is an amazing uh, music video director. So we made it last week and stayed up for 22 hours and filmed all through the night. So it's going to be cool. <laughs> Hopefully it's going to be as cool as it felt when we were making it. So I'm sure it will. That's awesome. That is really exciting. And then what about like, I mean, actually, you'll be putting the record out and there's a little bit of hope and there's a light at the end of the tunnel as far as touring goes and playing yeah. shows. That must be pretty exciting. It's so exciting. I mean, I am really hoping. Yeah, so I have the first half of the album is going to come out um, in June. Okay. And then we have that seven songs and then there's seven more songs that are going to come out after that. You know, I don't know exactly when but throughout the year and so theoretically i mean i want to go on tour tomorrow if i can so i don't know when <laughs> it's possible but hopefully maybe by the fall or something i can't wait that's what it looks like i mean yeah. they're they're booking festivals bonnaroo no, september festival like outside like, lands like hundred if they think they're getting hundred thousand uh, hundred thousand people together or no. close to it i know fingers crossed i mean i i it's like honestly that's as much as I'm feeling good about like, you know, I got my second vaccine. I can feel like things are changing. That shows to me go, both going and performing is like my, I mean, not to be dramatic, but it like feels like the reason for my existence. Like it's my, sure. my favorite thing on earth and I haven't been myself without it, you know? And I, mm -hmm. I just really, really hope that can happen this year. Cause it's like, I don't, it's what I need. It's yeah. we all need, I think we all need that. Who doesn't we need all, Yeah, we all need it. Yeah. <laughs> Artists are booking tours. I saw yeah. for like November and yeah. it's getting exciting again. Like, yeah. okay. Like, Whoa, there's pre-sale tickets happening. Like what is going on? Like, it's just like so bizarre. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I, I, I hope for the best. And in, in as far as that goes, but I want to ask you real quick about, you have a podcast too. Yes, I do. So, so tell me about your podcast. I'm my curious. podcast is like my fun, like, side project that I think might be more successful than I am, honestly, because <laughs> I do it with my friend, Scott Hoying, who's in pentatonics okay. and we interview just like really talented, amazing, successful people who are basically just the best at what they do. And it's called, Ugh, you're so good. And we basically <laughs> <laughs> just like get our guests a little tipsy and try and get them to tell us like how they got so good and then gossip with us. It's very fun. Um, and we've had people like Michelle Kwan, who's an Olympian, also Adam Rippon, who's an Olympian, and Jonathan Van Ness and Bobby Burke from Queer Eye. And we've had um, like... Christina Perry and we've had Betty who we've had so, Niall Rogers is our next guest. We've had, wow, that's huge. YouTube, yeah, we've had YouTube stars. We've had actors. We've had, I mean, it's like a really, we've had like, you know, just across the board, crazy careers and it's really fun. And hopefully it's very inspiring. I mean, mm -hmm. it's basically what Scott and I do when we hang out, which is drink and like talk about our dreams and gossip. So it's, it's pretty much just that on air. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. I'm going to definitely check it out because yeah. when I, yeah, our podcast is how you guys achieve what you, what you're doing yeah. and you're kind of right. going across the spectrum with all different types of people. And right. I love that. I'm going to definitely check it out. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very cool. Well, thank you so much, Rosie, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, I have thank one more question. Having before yeah. I let you go, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yes. Um, I would say take your time uh, finding out who you are and listen to your instincts. And I think people say that all the time, like, listen to your gut, trust yourself. And I think the thing that I wish I understood was it takes time 
to know how to listen to your gut. And it takes time to even really, to really have a gut that has something to tell you, you know, like I think being an artist is about expressing what it feel is like to be a human, you know, and sometimes you need to go be a, be a person for a while, have a bunch of life experience, learn some lessons, live some life. Um, and it, it, you can't rush it. And I'm always in a hurry. And that's something that I would never have listened to, you know, and I still don't really listen to frankly, but I, it is definitely advice I would give anyway, <laughs> take your time to get to know yourself and then know yourself as well as you can before you let anybody else in, get involved. Because the minute you let some scary, successful guy in a suit come and tell you who you are, it's going to be harder to, um, to hold on to it. So it's the, the more confident you can be in what you want before anybody else gets involved, the better. Bring it back, world.